Hello and welcome to the Zurich Live podcast. My name is Ian Slattery and I'm joined by my colleague, Richard Temporary, Head of Investment Development. In this episode, we will be looking at the investment market performance and discussing Zurich's fund positioning throughout February 2020. The Zurich Live podcast is available to download through the SoundCloud app and also on Zurich.ie. You can also subscribe through both iOS and Android, which will allow you to download and listen offline. This investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Good morning, Richard. February has been a volatile month for markets. Can you talk to us about the global economy and the movements we've seen? Well, good morning to you, Ian. Uh, Yes, uh, I think we should probably cut to the chase um, and move swiftly along really to the final week of February. Markets were fairly quiet up to that point. So uh, in the last uh, six or seven working days of February and into March, markets, as we all know, have fallen dramatically. Um, Reason, of course, for this is concerns over the spread of the coronavirus uh, and the negative impact on the supply chain from China, as well as uh, concerns over the health of the global economy. So we've seen, as I said, dramatic falls in the markets, in equity markets, Bond markets, of course, have gone up. But on the equities, we've seen uh, the main market that we look at, the US S&P 500 index. If we include the falls that have taken place into early March, uh, the US stock market has fallen by just under 20%. So a really significant fall. We do have to remember, of course, that the US market fell by a similar amount in the fourth quarter of 2018. Uh, But this fall feels a lot more serious. You mentioned one of the main indexes or markets that we look at there, the US. Uh, If we look at just equities for a moment as an asset class, was it right across the board from a geographical perspective or were some markets uh, more insulated than others in terms of the falls that we saw? Markets across the board fell with the one notable exception of China, which is maybe a little bit surprising. And related to China, uh, Hong Kong, which fell marginally during the month of February. But otherwise, markets were down between 8 and 10% in local currency terms. Uh, there wasn't much distinction between markets, although there was uh, a big difference between various sectors, um, you know, technology, uh, some, of the, um, uh, some of the utilities and so on, held up better than uh, areas like energy and financials, which were hit, were hit the hardest. So uh, pretty severe falls, uh, say, across the board, We have seen some policy action uh, to try to remedy the situation. In early March, uh, we have seen the US Federal Reserve cut interest rates again in a surprise move, a surprise move meaning uh, a move between monthly meetings. So between those two meetings, they cut by a half of 1%, which is the first uh, intra-meeting cut since the financial crisis of 2008. Other central, some other central, central banks have followed suit and we expect further policy, uh, monetary policy and fiscal action in coming days and weeks. And in relation to this, the markets are now expecting a further rate cut at the next Federal Reserve meeting, um, scheduled meeting, a, a cut of 75 basis points or three quarters of 1%. So pretty dramatic action from central banks. Whether this uh, stabilises markets We'll have to wait and see. We, we might talk again on the, the fiscal stimulus potential, um, but just sticking to the impact of monetary policy and changing expectations of monetary policy, 
uh, of course the bond market is, is where we see a lot of that impact uh, what were some of the numbers in terms of the price action um, for say eurozone bonds throughout the month of February and I know we look quite closely at some of the, the core yields as well on say 10 year bonds in Germany or, or treasuries in the US yeah, uh, bond markets um, have, prices have moved up um, as one might expect when you get um, weakness in, in equity markets um, bonds were actually only up about just under 1% during February. They had been strong, of course, in, in, in January. So bond prices have moved up, although yields have fallen now to very low levels. The, the German 10-year bond yield um, at the end of February was at a, a yield of minus 0.6%. It had got to a low um, a year or so ago of minus 0.9%. Uh, and in early March, we're seeing it back at those levels of a, a yield of minus 0.9%. American bond yields began February at 1.5%. They ended at about 1.1% positive. So we're seeing fairly sharp uh, falls in yields uh, across the board in bond markets. And of course, that relates to uh, concerns in the equity markets. And of course, also the likelihood of economic growth slowing down because of um, people spending less money, companies closing down. Uh, so economic growth is likely to slow down this year. Uh, and of course, the coronavirus also has a deflationary effect on the global economy. And of course, falling inflation uh, is good for bond markets. And that's another reason why bond markets have been have been rising. So uh, that's the situation on the bond market. Uh, of course, we'll come to this maybe a little bit later on, but of course it does mean as bond yields fall further into negative territory in Europe, uh, that equities actually look even better value against bonds than they did before. But maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more depth later on. Yeah, we'll come to our positioning towards the end. If I turn to the commodity sector, um, you mentioned two key narratives there in terms of um, changing economic growth expectations and the deflationary effects of the virus. Um, commodities are generally a sector that that sees an impact from both of those kind of points. What did we see uh, towards the end of February and into early March uh, within the commodity sectors? I suppose oil would be the, the big one we'd look at there at times. Yes, um, commodities interesting over the last while. For example, I'll come to oil in a moment, but gold you might have thought would rise in this scenario of panic over the coronavirus. Uh, it hasn't been particularly strong. It hasn't been used as a safe haven or a safe haven a asset during this period. But the real action in commodities, as you mentioned, Ian, relates to the oil price. The oil price um, has fallen dramatically uh, this year and into early March has fallen even further. So oil prices have almost halved since the start of the year. Two things going on here. Uh, one is that the, the coronavirus uh, will have an impact on economic growth, uh, which means there'll be less of demand for oil and that has driven the price down. But also there is a tension, tensions between um, Saudi Arabia and Russia as regards oil supply. And it looks as if the Saudi Arabians are um, forcing the price down, down by producing a lot more oil. So two things going on. One is a slowdown, a likely slowdown in economic growth. And two is frictions between the two countries I just mentioned. A point I always make with our clients and financial brokers is when you're investing in commodities, you're, you're taking a good deal of currency risk there, given a lot, most of them are priced in US dollars. 
what have we seen in the currency markets? Uh, obviously, it's important from that commodity perspective, but those changing interest rate expectations might also have an effect. Uh, if we look at, say, the euro-US dollar rate as our key rate. Yeah, not much change actually this year. The euro dollar rate began the year at 112. It's currently at well, at, one, well, at the end of February was at 110. So um, a slight uh, bit of, of euro weakness against the dollar. But the euro then again has been stronger against other currencies during during uh, the month of February. So not a lot of news on the currency side as it happens. We come towards now our own current fund positioning and, and management. Um, Obviously, as an active manager, we're making asset allocation decisions. Um, we spoke about some of the dispersions we saw within different sectors of equities, which again is an area we, we hope to add value as well. Um, I suppose, what sort of changes did we see uh, in our own fund positioning throughout the month of February uh, and how we're positioned currently and, and what we're looking at going forward? Okay, well, we've had a, um, um, a strong bias towards equities now for many years, given that the the bull market, if we're still in it, uh, uh, has been going for 11 years. Uh, however, towards the end of last year, 2019, we did take some profits in equities. It's not that we saw the coronavirus coming. It's just we felt that the market had run a long way. We took some money off the table. Um, having said that, we were still above benchmark uh, in equities, but we had taken some money off the table. Uh, and with the falls we've seen recently, we have been buying some equities into, into this weakness. Um, so that has been our very recent strategy. Uh, it is going to remain volatile in the equity markets. So uh, markets may well fall further, but we think that the relative value argument for equities over other, class, other asset classes, um, as I mentioned earlier on, is quite strong. So from a medium to long-term perspective, equities, uh, despite slowdown in corporate profits likely during this year, uh, equities offer a much more attractive yield than almost every other asset class. And hence, from a medium to long-term perspective, uh, we remain, remain reasonably positive on equities. And I suppose that relative valuation argument is something we've, we've spoken about before, but albeit we're going to see short-term volatility at heightened levels. If I look uh, specifically within our, our equity book, um, could you talk a little bit about maybe our geographic and sector positions there? Yes, some of these have worked reasonably well for us, actually, over the last uh, few weeks and months. Um, primarily, we have had a, a bias towards um, Asian ex-Japan equities. That's been our main position in the last couple of months. As I mentioned earlier on, uh, Asian markets have held up much better than other markets so far. Uh, of course, during part of last year, uh, when the, there was uh, political turmoil in Hong Kong and the beginning of the coronavirus worries, uh, Asian markets underperformed. But we had increased Asian markets. That has worked reasonably well for us in the last, um, the last month or so. Uh, the other significant position is that we have a very low weighting in Canada, which is a resources-rich uh, market or resources-concentrated market. Um, and, of course, we've seen some commodities and so on suffering quite badly so that position has worked out reasonably well otherwise we're fairly neutral across other regional positions when it comes to sectors um, we have a bias as we've had for some time for technology uh, and healthcare sectors um, technology uh, so far this year is the strongest performing sector albeit it's in negative territory on the um, sectors that we're not so keen on we have a negative bias towards primarily energy stocks and real estate stocks. Um, you know, finance and real estates can sometimes suffer in this environment, particularly. And of course, as I mentioned, the oil price has been extremely weak. 
and energy stocks have suffered very badly as a consequence of that. And then just finally looking at our fixed income positions, uh, you've alluded to it already. Um, how are we looking, I suppose, in terms of where we are in the ranges of our bonds, uh, the duration of those bonds, and maybe the split between sovereign and corporate and some of the key funds? You see, well, um, we have a sort of negative bias towards government bonds. So we are below the middle of our ranges or, or, or benchmark. And the duration of those bonds is lower than benchmark duration. So this is sort of a long-term view of ours. We do believe there's little or no long-term value in Euros, particularly Eurozone government bonds. Um, yes, bond prices have risen during this crisis, but from a longer-term perspective, we think, as I said, there's, there's no value or little value in Eurozone government bonds. Uh, on top of that, as you mentioned, we've also been increasing our corporate Eurozone corporate bond positions. Eurozone corporate bonds offer um, a, yield, a yield spread between corporate bonds and government bonds in a positive sense. So by switching, and we have switched a, you know, a reasonable amount of our portfolios into corporate bonds in the last few months, um, we're receiving a higher yield for those bonds than we are for the Eurozone government bonds. Well, that brings us to the end of our monthly investment update. Thank you, Richard, for that in-depth analysis. And as always, thanks to our listeners for your time. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate and comment. For more information on our fund range and to catch up on our latest investment news, please visit Zurich.ie. Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.